What a way to end the year. Buffalo Sabres. Just got sensed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Game Over Ottawa. Uh, I am Charlie, back with a solo show. Happy New Year, by the way, everybody watching. Uh, if you are in a North American uh, uh, time zone, anyway. Um, it's still 2023. Um, and if you're in the future... In a different time zone, it's 2024 right now. Hope you're having a good uh, first of uh, January. I'm having a pretty good end of the year uh, with that outcome. Not, um, I don't want to start the show off already being negative, but not the, not the outcome I was expecting. Uh, pleasantly surprised. I went to the, I went to the uh, game on uh, on Friday night. So you know. Kind of, kind of keeping my expectations in check. Uh, big win, five to one for the Ottawa Senators, and there's uh, there's quite a bit to go over. Um, a lot of things going down, a lot of things to uh, to talk about. So, to start things out with the fact that Thomas Shabbat back in the lineup, um, first game since December second, and even then, uh, he's been dealing with with some injuries. Throughout the season, um, like I said, hasn't played a game since since December second. But that was after returning from another injury. So really, he'd only played two games since October twenty sixth. So really nice to see him back in the lineup. Uh, had a really solid game as well, uh, two assists. Um, a little bit of info on his uh, on his injury uh, from Claire Hanna on Twitter. Uh, the quote from uh, Thomas Shabbat. I was on the one leg and I caught a rut in the ice. My leg hyperextended so much, it caused my femur to hit my tibia and fractured it. And then, um, and then he finished that game. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. So understandable that he was out for a while. Um, so with uh, Shabbat making his way back into the lineup, uh, Sens were running a lineup of 11-7, but they weren't really. Um, for those who don't know, 11-7, uh, you're running 11 forwards, 7 defensemen. Eric Brandstrom was was just a forward tonight. So um, kind of a weird setup that way, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. Um, so... Uh, Let's see. Where do we want to go from here? Uh, okay, well, you know, before we get into the game itself, a couple milestones. Uh, Jacques Martin uh, with his 1300th game as a head coach in the NHL. Pretty pretty cool. Uh, and Jacob Chikrin, uh scores a goal for his uh, yeah, 200th career point. So a couple milestones there. And... Um, you know what? I'm I'm glad that these milestones happen for these guys in a big win. Um, I don't know if they really care that much. Uh, you know, I don't care. I don't, I don't know if Chicken would care if his 200th career point was in like a blowout loss or a blowout win in this case. But I imagine they'd probably enjoy it more in in a win. So I don't know. Nice that it happened that way. Um, so let's talk about the Sens game five to one against the Buffalo Sabers. Um, on paper, you wouldn't really expect this outcome if you're just taking a glance at the stats. Uh, shots on goal were 46 to 31 for Buffalo. Um, 
And the Sens only had the one power play. So, like, on paper, that just kind of... You don't really expect a whole lot to go well there. Um, despite that, though, uh, when you get kind of deeper into the stats, it tells a different story. Uh, so this is all from Natural Stat Trick here. Uh, scoring chances in all situations, despite that, uh, as I mentioned, the, sh- the shots being 46 to 31 for uh, Buffalo. Scoring chances. Sens had the Sens had 47% of the scoring chances in this game. High danger chances. The Sens actually had the majority of them. 52.2% of high danger scoring chances were Ottawa's. So while they allowed a whole bunch of shots, it sure seems like they were able to, at the very least, uh, keep those scoring chances to a minimum. And most of what was on net were perimeter shots or just obviously low danger shots. Um, but the Sens absolutely also took advantage of every opportunity they had as the expected goals were pretty even, uh, with Ottawa only having 51.4% of the expected goals despite uh, finishing the game 5-1. to one. So with that, like, what is there to talk about other than the fact that uh, Eric Branstrom was a forward tonight? I think we got we to gotta really lean into that. Um so, okay, I'm going to start with how I felt about that to begin the game. And then and then we'll slowly switch over to how I feel about it now after it's happened. So, to begin the game, uh I thought it, I uh, this is going to be a bad take maybe. We'll see. Uh I I kind of hated it to be honest. Uh the Sens already struggle uh, with having so few defensemen that I feel not even confident, just comfortable with defending in their own zone, and, and Branstrom is one of the guys that I, I I do feel all right about when he's uh when he's in the D zone. So you move him up to forward, and then you're gonna have someone like Hamnick getting way more defensive zone starts, and just like I don't know. Forward depth has been an issue on this team, but I don't think that Eric Brandstrom should be the the attempted fix for it. Um, that said, the the fourth line, the fourth line scored two goals, and and Brandstrom looked really good. Like he looked really good. Um, so maybe I'm completely wrong. I I. Going into this, I I really, really believe that he holds more value as a defenseman than a fourth-line forward. And I think I still believe that. But maybe he isn't a fourth-line forward. Like, I'm not saying that I want to keep running Branstrom as a forward. But if you're going to do it, maybe test him out with some higher-skilled players like... Kasselik and McEwen both scored. McEwen scored a ridiculous goal. I can't believe he he like he fired a bullet short side off of a. Uh, granted, he 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 was given a lot of space. Uh, Buffalo had a really bad line change on that play, but like blown away by that shot. Um, and I don't know if that says more about McEwen or the rest of the team that Zach McEwen has one of the nicer goals that uh, I've seen this season from this team. Uh, but you know, I don't know. 
I think Eric Branstrom as a forward could work. I just, I still really like him as a defenseman. So we'll see how the team goes about uh, doing stuff lineup wise. I don't know if they're uh, going with that just, um, I don't know, to fill in because the, 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 the roster is still kind of funky because Matthew Joseph is out, Chartier is out. I didn't do the I, I didn't do the math ahead of time to be like, all right, well, Shabbat's in there running eleven seven because of cap issues. Could be the case. I didn't put enough thought into it to really come to a conclusion there. That said, yeah, running eleven seven, but not really eleven seven when Branstrom was very clearly a forward all night. Um, it worked out really really well for this game. I don't know if I want to be messing around with that going forward, but uh, it was it, if nothing else, it was a fun outcome. So. That was nice, at least. Um, past that, uh, going through this, going through this game pretty quickly here. It's uh, I haven't done a solo show in a while. Um, I'm usually not able to get through my points this quickly. Um, obviously, I'm doing I'm doing a solo. I didn't even try to grab anyone for this episode. It's 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 New Year's Eve. Most people have stuff going on tonight. Uh, I host, I host a sense podcast. I never have anything going on. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I do want to talk a little bit about hopes for 2024. We can kind of look at 2023 as a whole. Um, obviously, I mean, it goes without saying disappointing. Um, the back half of, 2023 certainly more disappointing than the uh than the first bit uh as far as you know back half of last season versus the beginning of the season i mean the back half of last season had its disappointment too with you know the team kind of falling apart uh sort of what like mid-march it kind of really fell apart and uh this past off season was maybe not the best um so 2023 as a whole, not a whole lot of positives that I'd want to look back on. Uh, certainly not too much that I'd be looking back on fondly. Um, that said, uh, I I am still hope. If you can believe it, I know I know I'm on the show and I'm usually complaining about something. I mean, how can you not as a Sens fan um, and someone who has to talk about this team every other night? But I, I am still hopeful for 2024. I'm definitely more hopeful about the back half of 2024 being the beginning of next season. Um, but I do think that, you know, like this is going to sound weird because I'm trying to, I'm trying to sound hopeful with this, but the, I mean, the, this season is lost, right? Uh, despite the fact that the Sens are now, you know, only what four, four games under 500 at this point, I can do math, right? They should be what now? 14 and 18. Is that right? Am I, am I outing myself as someone who can't do basic, uh, addition right now? Yeah. 14, eight. So they're four, four games under, under 500. I mean, okay. So, so let's run this hypothetical. Let's run this hypothetical. The team's not going to win four straight, but say they get the 500 or I, I guess that would require five straight. If you include tonight's win, say they win another four in a row following this game, they get to 500 puts them at 36 points. Um, that that's that they're even with 36 points right now, they're like well out of the playoff picture. They do have games in hand. Yeah. 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 
Um, it's just you, you, you had to have been a pretty rough team to start the year when you are out of the playoff picture uh, in like well before the end of December. Like let's let's be real, they've been out of it for a while now. So well before the end of December, uh, with what an average of three, four games in hand on just about everybody in the league. Because the, like, the Sens are still playing catch-up from uh, playing so few games in November, despite the fact that they played, what, 15 games this month. They're also playing 15 games in January. So even with an absolutely loaded schedule for two months, they're still they're still playing catch-up. So um, I don't know how many games everyone else is playing in the month of January, but I imagine they'll still have games in hand um, into February. Uh, maybe even March, depending on, on maybe they have an easier schedule in February. I haven't looked ahead uh, that far yet. Um, so all that to say, even with the games in hand, it's it's just kind of a lost cause uh, and has been for a while. So trying my best to look at the rest of this season with uh, trying to change my perspective a little bit. What I want to do is kind of look at the rest of the season and just look at it as okay well there's no hope for playoffs look at it as all right let's get these guys out of the bad habits that they've built under the former coaching staff because i was a bit too quick to be like all right well this team is the same under jacques of course they're the same under under jacques martin the majority of this team the core anyway if you look at the core majority of the core has only ever had DJ Smith as head coach in the NHL. Brady had uh, Guy Boucher's last season as head coach of the Sens. Um, Thomas Shabbat, obviously, as well. Um, but, you know, a lot of the rest of the young core have only ever played under DJ Smith. And playing under one coach for that many years, you're going to have created some habits. You're going to have parts of your game that it's going to take a long time, at least, you know, double digit games to sort of start playing it another way, implementing different systems. So, and I, I can't imagine Jacques wants to hang around his head coach past the rest of the season. Like, I think he's probably signed on to be like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll be interim head coach for the rest of the season. But, I don't imagine he'd want to stick. I mean, the dude's 71, right? So I, I, I figure he probably wants to take it easy after this year. Um, I'd love for him to remain a, uh, um, what was his official title? A, uh, I can't, I can't think of words right now. He was just as, uh, his position as a, uh, I don't know why, why, why can't I think of the word? This is bad. It's not even a late game. It's nine o'clock and the game's done. I've been, I've been doing the show for over 15 minutes. It's not even late. He was an advisor. Uh, for the coaching staff, and I I wouldn't mind him staying on doing that. Like if he wants to be around the team and if he wants to stay in the NHL, perfectly happy with him holding on to that position, regardless of of who the 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 next coaching staff is is made up uh, of. So that was a weird way to end that sentence. Anyway, um, can you tell that I prefer having mod or or <laughs> or a guest on these shows? I just end up rambling and then talk my way into a sentence that doesn't end correctly. Um, so I imagine there's going to be a lot of changes in the off season. And I really, really hope that the team is going to buy into whatever 
Jacques and, and, and Alfie have to tell them and have to teach them. And just so, you know, there's at least like this, this, the, the rest of the season can at least be put towards, um, having the, the, the young core, cause this team is still very young, have that young core sort of adjust their play style and, and, and maybe they'll be better suited, uh, with, with another coach coming in in the summer. Uh, so if you look at it in that way, the sense have played, I'm not going to do the math. The sense have played 32 games. They have 50 games remaining. This team can absolutely put together a, a new, I don't even know what you want to call it. Like they, they can spend the next 50 games fine tuning and, uh, just, I don't know. I, I don't want to just call it unlearning what DJ had taught them over the past five years. But it, it, it kind of is that. It kind of is what I'm hoping the rest of the season involves. Um, it's low stakes, fun hockey, which I imagine, like, I think guys like Brady and and Shabbat for sure, and, and, and probably Stutzla at this point, like, I think a lot of them are just kind of sick of the low stakes hockey. I think I, Brady especially. Like, you can tell he wants to be in the playoffs so badly. So... I, I'm sure the next 50 games are going to kind of be a slog for those guys, but like, you know, some of the guys like Ridley Gregg or, or, or Norris finally being back after, you know, being hurt for so long, Pinto coming back, ideally, you know, as soon as he's eligible to, um, in the back half of January, you, you kind of look at these next 50 games and think, okay, well... It, it, it's a good chunk of time to learn. And then, you know, I, I, I keep saying this as a sense fan, they'll be ready for, for next season. I mean, they might be, we'll see. Um, it's still strange that a team this good on paper has been struggling so, so much, but, um, we'll see how it all goes in, uh, in the future. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I think, I think the rest of the season you can look at as like a pretty decent, chunk of time to really it sounds so mean when I say it but just you know kind of forget everything that DJ implemented um let's see I guess we should talk about the uh the big the big news from the team today as well since we're more or less wrapped up talking about that game uh let me just pull up the the tweet real quick because I figure It'd be best that I read it out so I don't make any horrible mistakes. And yeah, I should have pulled this up before the show started. I, I, I realized that, but you know, I'm only, I'm only so good at my job, you know? Um, let's see. All right. So obviously sense fans know this. If you're not a sense fan and you don't know this, here's your little, uh, little recap, get you up to speed. So obviously with the whole, uh, losing a first-round draft pick and everything. Uh, the Ottawa Senators and uh, Pierre Dorian uh, mutually parted ways, I will say, with two huge quotation marks. Um, back at, I believe that was... Was that on... I think it was November 1st? I don't think it was on Halloween. I don't think it was the 31st. Anyway, uh, we'll call it a few weeks into the season. Pierre Dorian's been gone. Uh, Steve Steos, president of hockey operations, became the interim GM, and they began a search for a new general manager. Announced today that Steve Steos has been appointed general manager of the team. Uh, so he 
obviously will continue in his uh, position of uh, president of hockey operations. On top of that, he's now also the GM, no longer interim. He's the guy. And uh, Dave Poulin joins the team as senior vice president, hockey operations. Um, and uh, which means that he's just left his position at uh, at TSN. Um, a lot of opinions on that hire. Listen, I'm, I don't know from all accounts. Awesome dude. I love that for the organization. I think, I think, you know, hiring good people is, uh, obviously like a very important part of just like not having an awful workplace environment. Um, does he know his stuff? Like he's been around the game forever. Like I'm sure he knows his stuff. So I'm not really one to be able to judge that too harshly by in either direction. Uh, and then Ryan bonus has been appointed the team's associate general manager. So in theory, like, I mean, this seems like a good bunch to move things forward. Um, Ryan bonus is someone that like a lot of teams have been going after from the sounds of it. And, I don't know. Maybe maybe the plan is Ryan Bonus is going to take over as GM next season. I don't know how permanent Steve Steos wants to be GM. I mean, obviously he's removed the the title of interim GM from his position. Uh maybe that's just to let fans know, "Hey, don't worry, we're not hiring Peter Shirelli as a GM before the end of the season." So, like even if it's just to like give some people some peace of mind, cool. Appreciate that one, Steve. Um, but, uh, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. Just like on a, on a, on New Year's Eve Sunday afternoon, just throwing that out there. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm more kind of indifferent to it. Uh, I am a little bit worried about the fact that, you know, it's, it's possible that I don't know if it's, I don't know if the reason they put off firing DJ, um, had anything to do with the search for a new GM, um, uh, I do think that the, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I do think that the, how, how do I want to put this? I, I do believe, uh, Steve Steos and, and management when they say that DJ was kept on for a little bit longer. Cause it, there was a stretch there where the Sens looked pretty good most nights, but they kept losing. Uh, then they had that absolute stinker and then, uh, DJ's gone the next day. So uh, part of me wants to believe the fact that, yeah, like, okay, that checks out. But like, part of me also feels like, and we're getting like a little bit conspiracy here. And I, I don't normally like this, but like, I wonder if DJ had so much, had as much leeway as he did. Cause they wanted to bring in a new GM and then that GM was going to take care of the coaching situation. Cause normally it's the GM who's going to hire the new coach. At some point, Steve. Uh, at some point, Steve Steos was like, "All right, well, like we have this advisor. Obviously, we like him as a coach. If he's advising the coaching staff, let's just pull the trigger, put him in. Unless he was hired, unless unless Jacques was hired as uh, the uh, I don't know what you call it. I don't know, unless unless Jacques was hired as the advisor to become the coach in a couple weeks. Anyway, I don't know, but like, it does feel a little bit weird that after all this." it's just kind of been announced that Steve Stales is going to be the GM and which is fine. It's fine. I, I don't know. Like, you know, you can argue like, you know, maybe you want like a few more 
people talking about moves. So you want a president of hockey operations and a general manager. Too many cooks. I don't know. Like, I don't think it's possible to have too many cooks. It's it's the Ottawa Senators. Like, as a fan base, Sens fans have been used to having like two and a half people in management, just in general in the in the Melnick era. So having all of these Having all of these different people hired under all of these different uh, positions is so strange for Sens fans. So um, I, I am not entirely convinced that that Steos will remain general manager past the season. I do have a funny feeling that maybe he's getting Ryan Bonus uh, up to speed and he'll be the next one. Because it's also entirely possible that, like, I don't know, maybe I'm sure they, I don't know, maybe because... I keep I, I keep trying to say something and I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't say that because um, I don't want to speculate too much. Because the thing is with with this group at at the helm with the Ottawa Senators, like there no, there aren't rumors, like there aren't rumors going out. They they signed like bringing in uh, Dave Poulin as a senior vice president of hockey operations. Who who had that rumor? It came out of nowhere. Nobody. So, the fact that they haven't that they haven't reported any like they haven't reported any like actual uh, interviews that have taken place for the GM position. I'm not convinced that it didn't happen. It's entirely possible that they absolutely have uh you know interviewed people for the GM position and just none of them. Or what? Maybe maybe Ryan Bonus had the best interview. I'm, I imagine they would have talked to him about becoming the next GM, like actual full GM. And maybe the move is just all right. Well, like Steve, you run the rest of the season, and then Ryan, you come in next season. I don't know how it's going to work. That's my guess as to what's going to happen, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, my guess is at some point. Between the end of the season and before the draft, Ryan Bonus becomes the next GM. But we'll we'll see, we'll see if this we'll see if this uh, ages well or very poorly. But um, yeah, where was I? Where was I going with this? Just the rest of the season. So I don't know. That's my that's my guess. By the draft, Ryan Bonus is GM, and there'll be a different coach. Well, actually, I don't, I don't know if the coach will be if if the next coach will be hired by by the draft. That might be more of like a. I don't know, mid-July move. Who knows? Um, but yeah. Let's uh let's 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 go to the chat. I'm gonna ask the chat whether you're uh, a Sens fan or not. What are your expectations for 2024? Uh are you feeling okay? Are you feeling a little bit down? Uh obviously you're probably feeling a little bit better after this game. I better I'm asking it uh after this game rather than that devil's game on Friday. Um so yeah, if you're a Sens fan, or or even if you're not, just preface it, Sens fan or not, and then we can uh, see how everyone's feeling in general. Um, Hams in the chat says, Brandstrom had an 81.18 expected goals for percentage tonight. Just absolutely nuts. Um, so... Oh, actually, okay. So this is this is good. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go back here. Actually, what I was talking about earlier. Hamza has a quote from Steos. I did not have a chance to watch the press conference today. So from Hamza in the chat here says that Steos said when we started looking at people we might want to talk to about the GM job, Ryan Bonus already had all the qualities. Okay, 
I'm feeling really good about my about my guess that he's going to be the GM come come the draft. So I'm feeling I'm feeling I you know the fact that I didn't hear that and I already felt that was what was going to happen. Okay, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty confident in my guess at this point. I'm feeling good about that. So yeah, I I, I do think that I, I don't know if I put money on it, but I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about that. Uh, about that guess from my end now. I'm feeling very confident. Um, yeah, I would like to see the team play more games like tonight. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like that's a given. Um, the uh, power play going one for one was nice. Um, and then other than that, I mean, the PK, like the PK was three for three. PK was huge. Um, just a really great game all around special teams wise for the Sens, uh, which we haven't really seen much of at all this season, even at like the higher points this season. It just, it just never really worked all that great. Um, for an extended period of time. So I don't know. The PK still been a nightmare most of the time. Uh, Alfie's power play has looked, you know, maybe not, it maybe isn't converting on every single chance they get, but it, it has been looking better at the very least. Um, so I don't know. Special teams look better. Um, I don't. I, I, I'm. I'm. I do this every time. The Sens play really, really well. I come into the show and I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to say something like, you know, okay, well, I'm only going to care about this if they play this well three games in a row and 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 win all of them. But I also don't want to come in here and be like, all right, well, everything's fine because they played well for one game. There's a fine line in there, and I, I I usually miss it, but I'm 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 trying I'm trying. Um, from a uh, Canuck eight six seven in the chat, not a Sens fan, but cheering for them to be better than this. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. As as I've gotten older, I I just kind of cheer for more teams to be good. I I think growing up. As, as as a kid, I I always just you know was me me my team against the world. Like I want every other team to be garbage. But no, the the league is just so much more fun. With with, with like, okay, this is gonna sound weird because I'm also one of those people who like absolutely clowns on Gary Bettman and and his idea of parody in the league. But the fact is, I do think that hockey's more entertaining when there are more good teams. Um. Which I don't know. I th- I think the Sens are one of very few teams that I think you could classify as like bad this year. Like I mean, you look at the Atlantic. There are two teams in the Atlantic under five hundred. Tech. I mean, in in hockey terms, the Habs are fifteen, fifteen, and five. In hockey terms, that's five hundred. So there are only two teams in the division that are under five hundred. Uh, in the Metro, there's only one. In the Central. There's only one. And in the Pacific, I mean, the Pacific's pretty rough. There are three. But there's only a handful of teams that are, like, well under 500. 
So it's one of those things where I'm like, I do want the Sens to be better because the league is more entertaining when a lot of teams are good. That 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 take just happens to be when most of the teams in the NHL are looking pretty good so far, and and the Sens are not one of them. So I think I think with that we'll wrap up the show. Um, very happy with how 2023 has ended. And you know I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a little spicy. Let's hit the button one more time. Uh, Buffalo Sabers got sensed. I wish she had played this well against the Sabers when I went to the game in October. But you know what? It's all right. It's all right. Big win to end the year. End 2023 on a high note. Start 2024 on a high note. That would be great. Uh, let me just uh, hit you with just a little preview for the next episode of Game Over, and that's going to be on Tuesday. Uh, that's going to be the second. Uh, hopefully, no one has to be up early on Wednesday. Uh, the Sens are going to be in Vancouver uh, playing the Canucks. That's going to be a really tough test to start out 2024. Uh, so it's going to be so there won't be like game over Ottawa. It's going to be hosted because Vancouver is a home team. We hosted in Vancouver. So if you're staying up looking for the episode that night, or if you're just going to watch it after the fact on YouTube or or whatever. Um, Keep your eyes peeled for game over Van- over Vancouver on on Tuesday night. The game's at 10 p.m. So if you're an Eastern uh, time zone person like like me and, and majority of, of Sens fans, that's that show's gonna probably start at about oof, 12:30, 12:45 at night. So it's gonna be a late one. It's gonna be myself and Sam from Game Over Vancouver. It's going to be an absolute blast. Another great episode of Game Over Head to Head. It's going to be a blast. So make sure to tune in for that one if uh, if you can stay up that late. Um, and we'll uh, we'll see how that one goes. Happy New Year, everybody! Thanks for uh, sticking with Game Over for 2023. And uh, fingers crossed that it's just going to get better. Both uh, both the sends and. Uh, and this show. We're learning. The Sens are learning. Uh I I okay, here's my here's my homework for myself. I'm gonna have an actual way of ending these episodes in 2024. Anyone who watches knows I ramble very, very badly towards the end of the show. I'm just kind of like leaving things way too open. I can't I can't like firmly end the show. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna have a Tagline for for ending. I think I've said this before. I think I've already said this on the show previously, but this time 2024 is the year. Charlie's going to learn how to end the show. So uh, make sure to like the stream, subscribe to STPN. We are closing in on a hundred thousand subscribers. We are just a little bit away. I was really hoping that we could hit that by the end of the year. Just going to miss it by a little bit. Uh, but yeah, please please do subscribe. We are we are so close to hundred thousand. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Hope you all have a great New Year's Eve and uh, Happy New Year. Hope you all also are in for a great 2024 and uh, see you very, very late on Tuesday against the Canucks. Have a good night.